Welcome back from the brink. I'm Todd Brinker. It is Wednesday, the 27th of January. That's right. January is almost over here in 2021. Believe it or not, we've got uh, a mere four days yet to go. Well, today, so maybe four and change, right? We're we're not quite to noon, so not even halfway through today yet. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, January 27th, 2021. For Lakers fans, we're playing tonight against the Philadelphia 76ers in Philadelphia. It is a 4.30 start here on the Pacific Coast. Uh, That would be, um, what, 7.30 Eastern time for the 76ers fans. 76ers fans. (laughs) I mean, sorry. Um, Yeah, 76ers fans. So it's also the day for me to water my plants. So, yes, I will be out watering plants. So, um... Lori Laughlin, Laughlin's husband, Massimo Giuliani, Gianna, Gianna Nulli, Gianna Nulli, anyway, Massimo, you've seen Massimo clothes, he's a clothing designer, um, he's serving a five-month sentence for um, basically paying a whole bunch of money to create lies to get his girls into USC, and he has petitioned the court to say, let me serve the rest of my sentence in at, at home, in a you know home confinement. Um, I think he's been in since December, so he's got two months under his belt, maybe a little more than that, maybe three months. He's about halfway, something like that. Anyway, he's trying to get it cut in half. I guess because of COVID, he's basically been in isolation during that time, and he's saying that it's you know, unfair that he has to serve his time in isolation. Uh, you know, And I don't know if isolation means, uh, you know, like... Um, uh, complete lockdown by himself in a room by himself. I mean, you know, I I think a lot of people in prison would love to have a room by themselves. But uh, um, anyway, the judge has denied that request. They're saying, nope, you just got to finish it. You can't go to home confinement. Um, Yeah, I guess he's he was in in solitary confinement for the first 56 days of his sentence due to COVID. So he's been in 56 days, which is not quite two months of the five months that he's got to uh, got to serve. And uh, let's see, the judge uh, said that while uh, Giannulli's conditions spent in solitary confinement were more onerous than they would have been, but for the pandemic, he doesn't present a need to return home, other than he just doesn't like it. And he's saying that, yeah, it's worse than what he would have had, but not so bad that he has to be released. Um, you know, but uh, in any event, his uh, the quarantine was longer than anticipated, but he's since been released into the general population. So I think just as he was coming into the prison, they put him into solitary confinement to make sure that he uh, was not bringing in COVID that would then cause a COVID outbreak within the population of the prison. That said, 56 days seems pretty onerous. That seems like a long time in solitary confinement just to, to make sure that he doesn't have COVID. I don't understand why they've had him in there for that long, two months in solitary confinement before they then released him into general population. So anyway, the judge said that he has not shown, for instance, that he suffers from any condition that would place him at any increased risk of severe illness due to COVID-19, nor indeed that he suffers from any particular medical condition. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Okay, here's Aaron. Let's have her join us, see what she thinks. Hi, Aaron. Hello, hello. How are you? I am so, good. It's such a beautiful. It's a good day out, huh? It's chilly out again. Uh, it's chilly. 
yeah, yeah. I don't sorry, mind the winter. I'm having a having internet challenges on my yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. You kind of faded in and out just a smidgey there. So, but, it, just uh, because my phone is, I'm in the parking lot right next to the radio station, and it's like uh-huh. Wi-Fi, no Wi-Fi, no. So, let me get further away, and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll it'll connect to a tower and go like, oh, okay. Now I see how I'm supposed to be working. <laughs> So, um, you know the designer Massimo. He's married to um, uh, to uh, Lori Loughlin, right? And, and, yeah, and he's he is currently serving a five year or five year a five month prison sentence for paying to get his daughters illegally into a school by cheating and lying. And yes. uh, and he petitioned. You know, he's been in in for like fifty seven days of that five months, so just shy of two months of it. He petitioned a judge to allow him to go to home confinement because he had been 57 days in solitary confinement or 56 wow. days. And he said that that's, that's not fair. And apparently they put him into the solitary confinement before they moved him to general population to make sure that he didn't have COVID. But 56 days seems pretty ridiculously large. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that, that said, an unusual punishment? I mean, that seriously. said... The, the judge said that while his long, lengthy confinement in solitary was more onerous than would have been but for the pandemic, he doesn't present a need to return home, that he did not identify any uh, uh, condition which would place him at increased risk of severe illness due to COVID-19, nor has he said that he suffers from any particular medical condition whatsoever. And so um, he said that it, 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 it is appropriate in that it serves to dissuade others and deter others who may like uh, genuinely uh, believe that because they can afford it, they can flout the law. Modifying or reducing the defendant's sentence in this case would undercut such a deterrence. And he has been since released into general population, but 56 days in solitary confinement. Time. And I understand, you know, bring him in and have him there for like 10 days or 14 days or whatever to make sure that he's not bringing COVID into the prison. Because, you know, in in prison circumstances, you know, you've got a whole bunch of people who are in a locked up space. If you bring in somebody who's infected, that could, you know, go through the population pretty quickly. Um, But, yeah, really, 56 days that I don't disagree that that's inappropriate. And if I were the judge i would have said well i'm not gonna you know release you to spend the rest of your time at home but i might uh reduce the amount of time that you have to stay in just because we kind of owe you one there buddy you know <laughs> said yeah, sorry about I, that we i mean i don't just, I, I think he should be in 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 prison for what he did but mm-hmm. um you know i don't think he's should be in sol- solitary confinement for two months yeah that just seems inappropriately long and i don't know what the justification was or the reasoning i mean was it that there just wasn't enough room or beds in in general population so they just left him there until the the space became available or something i don't understand um why but uh yeah yeah but yeah that's that's a long time to be to be you know although that said might be better off there than in general population you know uh I can't imagine this is not like it's a he's not in a maximum security prison with a bunch of, you know, you know, cat murderers or something. So, uh, um, you know, uh, it, it's probably not. I mean, it's not certainly not, uh, you know, the, the they always joke about the club club fed type club places. Fed. But 
but uh, you know, it's not it's not a luxury resort, but I imagine that it's not pleasant either. Um, you know, I don't know. Wow, tough call. I think I like I said. I think I would have, as a judge, said, okay, that was excessive. So I, I'll knock one month of the five months off your sentence, or you know, a couple weeks off of it, or something like that. But yeah, you got to finish. You got to finish serving the rest of it, as opposed to, oop, my bad. You get to go home now. You know, I mean, lockdown at home. That's what we're all doing right now. That is, that's right. nothing. That's, that's, welcome to everybody's life. Although, you know, let's let's think about this. You know, how many people who have done violent crimes, you know, armed robbery or whatever, are at mm. home with ankle bracelets on? You know, and so his at least wasn't a violent crime, and he did spend right. two months in solitary. That's that's cruel and unusual. That's pretty brutal. Pretty brutal. Although it's not like solitary, like from, you know, the movie Papillon, where you're in a cement box and they, you know, slide cups of gruel under the, under the, you know, it, it's not quite the same. But solitary is that the just. Standard? Is that yeah. The standard? No, I, I know. I guess, I, I guess I'm just saying, you know, that what people imagine it is and what it is, I think, are two different things. Um, you know, it's, we, but, you know, there's a reason that everybody isn't locked in solitary without the ability to, uh, to uh you know have interactions with other people you know and it's it's meant to be a un, an unpleasant thing and to leave somebody there for two months you know ostensibly because you're trying to make sure that they don't have covid that they're bringing in is ridiculous yeah yeah that's just that's yeah um hmm hmm yeah hmm. yeah well, and it's funny too. It says these two that he and his wife both uh, uh, requested and had their request granted back in September to serve their prison sentences at a facility of their choice. <laughs> That's one of the comments. And they said, "Explain to me how wealth doesn't flout the law." <laughs> oh well, I didn't know that part. Yeah, like they got yeah. The another c- other comments. Good, letting him go home to his mansion wouldn't serve any purpose. Another person, perfect. And another one, poor Mo, do the crime, serve the time. There's just no mercy. Here's another one. I don't approve of what these two did, but it's kind of weird how some states let violent criminals out of prison, some who went on to reoffend within days uh, by raping and murdering, to protect them from COVID. But you've got a white-collar criminal who really represents no danger to anyone that they won't let out because they'd rather make an example of him. Yeah, which is the point you were making. Yeah, especially during COVID, they were letting people out because they were afraid that, you know, in the congested prisons that those... That, the, that there was a greater chance of a lot of people catching it and possibly dying. So, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm of the opinion that maybe they make him stay one more month so he's got three months total and then let him out. Yeah. You know? Yeah, here's, here's one says, I've got no use for a Holly weird elites or their ilk, but maybe this, if this guy was a repeat hardcore criminal, he would have been released by now because of coronavirus. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. And and because of that, uh crime rates nationwide have skyrocketed. Yeah. Skyrocketed. Yeah. We're, there's, we're seeing numbers that we haven't seen since the mid nineties. Yeah. Which is Well welcome crazy. to people taking advantage of COVID because they were let out because they you know, 
don't don't yes. uh, either don't know how to go out and make money. I mean, that's the other thing is like, okay, great, you let them out of prison. They can't go out and get a job. Do they qualify if you if you've been let out of prison? Do you qualify for unemployment? I don't think so. Do you get stimulus? I don't know. Yeah, I mean the stimulus you get. Yeah, you got you got a a, a, a six hundred dollar check just you know recently. Yeah, that'll last. Live on that life. happy life. Um, yeah, so so yeah, I don't, you know, I I yeah, letting people out and just saying, well, now you're safer from COVID. How how is that putting them in a situation to be successful right now? Yeah, I think that yeah, you know, <laughs> you're not doing anybody any favors because you know, some you know, I, I can see some guy being let out of prison and then going, okay, well crap i've got to go break into somebody's house and steal a tv that i can sell quickly so i can eat tonight because i've got no other options <laughs> you know i can crash with a, yeah. with a family member for a while and sleep on the floor but they may not want me in the house because you know i was kind of a turd to them before it might be again you know people people people's relationships are weird things everything is stupid <laughs> yeah Everything anyway, is stupid. Anyway, Aunt Becky's back home, and apparently she's kind of made up with her girls. They posted on their Instagram that they're smiling and together, and they're they're staying safe indoors. And uh, apparently, they're not worried about going to college anytime soon. So, so you know, how embarrassing would it be for the whole world to know that that you needed your parents to lie, cheat, and steal, despite every and every luxury that the that the world has to offer, you needed your parents to cheat to get you into college. Yeah. To that college. Well, and the older daughter, the younger daughter, she's a she's trying to do she I guess she kind of was an Instagram star and and some of the th- quotes that I saw attributed to her and again I don't know the facts of this cuz I don't follow her on Instagram, but I mean um she seemed pretty immature and vapid. Um, the older yes. daughter was much less vocal about stuff and apparently she was quite close to graduating. So I feel really bad for her because, you know, she was almost gra- a graduate, you know, and it, it, she wasn't necessarily going to follow in mom and, you know, mom's footsteps and go make money as an actor. And you don't really need a bachelor's degree to go do that. I don't know what her degree was in, but it was like, huh. You know, and what's she going to do? How's she going to finish that degree? Is she going to transfer those units somewhere else? Or is any place going to let her in? I mean, it's just, you know, she's, and, and apparently she was successfully working there. I mean, she, you know, she was taking classes and passing classes and close to graduation. So, wow. you know, whether she qualified or not, she had been successful up to that point. To be honest, if I was SC, I would have maybe considered letting her stay. And just, although maybe she chose not to be there too, because she probably was now a, a target of, you know, disgust by everybody who sees her. So, everybody who had to work their ass off to get into SC. I don't know why these very very wealthy people just didn't make a big fat donation to the school. That would yeah, have gotten them in. Do it the way the Carnegies did it, right? Just build your exactly. own damn college. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Or yeah. do it the way that you know lots of other yeah. rich people yeah. who have kids who were kind of worthless do it. You make a big yeah. gift to the school, and That's the right. kid gets to go. Create an endowment and say, and by the way, I have two daughters. 
You know, that's the way the wealthy are supposed to. I think they were trying to do it on the cheap. Yeah, we'll just spend a couple hundred thousand instead of making a really, you know, big donation. And this guy will get us in. So, I don't know. I had heard once before um, a former swimmer of mine who had taken up football was talking to one of his football coaches. And, and that football coach had said, you know, getting into SC is not that difficult. He says, it's, it's, they're not as, as picky as most people think. And they make all kinds of exceptions for athletes. And, well, now we know how that goes. And yes, this was we do. Years ago. This was years ago. So apparently what he was saying is, is that you can bribe coaches to get into SC pretty easily. <laughs> well, they don't call apparently it university they had a rep. spoiled children for nothing. Yeah, apparently they had a reputation. So I don't know, but uh, I am blissfully unaware of that kind of stuff. So I sat down. I'm in my in my in my home now, and I sat down. The second I sat down, I had a cat in my arms. <laughs> Imagine that. You know, if I was going to grab you my are computer, but... <laughs> you are loved. You are loved. Oops, excuse me. You know what? Ah. It's cold out. A nice warm kitty is a good thing. Indeed, and it is so gorgeous. Though there are places where you can you can kind of see the mountains in in between mm-hmm. the clouds. And yeah. you know, there's so much snow, so low, and it's it's just gorgeous, just gorgeous. I love the winter. So yeah, I really, really I, do. Uh, I I do too. You know, we get we tend to get clearer air around here in the in the winter, and so you can see the mountains and see. You know, it makes you look at it and you go like, okay, I get it. Why somebody who who came here. You know, in a wagon years ago, said this is a beautiful place. I think I'm going to stay here. Although I think what they did is, the trains were coming through, and somebody said we need a, a, a place, a switch track that's outside of the Los Angeles, and so that's why San Bernardino and and then Colton were both founded as switch you know, train train yeah. company towns, right? Uh, one was yeah. Santa Fe, and one was Southern Pacific. Yes. Yeah. That is, that is but correct. presumably somebody came here through here before that, you know, on a covered wagon and went, this place looks lovely. I think I'll pitch uh-huh. me tent right here and make a make a cabin. But it was, you know, there was plenty of water back then. And we still mm-hmm. have, um, you know, a high water table when it's charged. Um, yeah. They uh, all talked and... like this back then. <laughs> <laughs> and there were hot but, springs. Yeah. In the yeah, there's hot. There's still hot springs. I mean, there's. You know there are there's um, uh, springs down in downtown San Bernardino um, to yeah. this day. There no, there's there's plenty to like in the area, and I can see the appeal. Unlike you know, and I'm not picking on Palm Springs in particular, but really, somebody stopped there and said, "This is where we want to be." Well, they it's, have medicinal springs as well. Yeah, but and it's deserty as desert gets, the and they're really really cold in the winter and really really hot in the summer, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes. There are some places you go like, what were they thinking? <laughs> like, why is there people living here? Somebody decided this was the place to start a town. Really? This is the so, best you could do. <laughs> I know I know that you used to be in the newspaper business. Did you ever work for McClatchy? I did not. Worked for Scripps Howard and for Gannett. Ah, uh, okay. Because um, McClatchy made... They must really be hurting because... One of their editors, Christina Lords, um, she has gone to bat for newsroom staff of the Idaho Statement Statesman 
uh, before. I mean, she this is her staff, and she advocates for them. The paper no longer has an office, making it difficult to receive and distribute personal uh, protection equipment during the pandemic. So the editor recently drove around Boise, this is according to Newser, to hand out N95 masks to employees. The staff then wasn't surprised when Lords complained last week on Twitter um, that a new reporter had been denied access to Microsoft Excels by the state, statesman, uh, which is the name of the paper's parent company, McClatchy. Um, she uh, she then um, advocated for that particular employee, and she's getting dismissed. She was dismissed. So, hmm. yeah. She'd been in that job for two years. She was dismissed for violating the paper's social media policy because she she went on, you know, she posted to Twitter, um, support your local newspapers, people, get a digital subscription. This is genuinely what we're up against. You know, when she said she couldn't, she couldn't even get Microsoft Excel for her staff. And McClatchy um, uh, fired her for that. So, wow. I, wow. Now, you know, um, if the staff wanted it that badly, it's, it's $10 a month to get the Microsoft suite. Um, you know, that's for the whole thing. If you get it, you know, yeah. get their online 365 version. And so, you know, yeah. they could have got themselves Excel. Yeah. But still, I mean, it's one of those things that, that, you know, you would hope that the business would provide you with the tools to conduct business. Yeah. And, uh, evidently they I, don't. Yeah. Well, and I, but I understand the, the, the policy of, you know, don't, speak publicly on any forum uh, about the company in a negative way uh, or or we may not keep you as an employee i understand that policy as well um you know they don't want their their cheapness in their or their their lack of of funds to uh to be a public conversation um so i you know i don't know so um, it sounds like she probably felt like she was up against it, you know, like that there was a uh, not much options at this point. Yeah, it's probably out of frustration. So some of the people who are um, who are supporting her is the uh, one of them is the Idaho News Guild, which has demanded the firing be rescinded, um, saying, you know, what, what kind of message does this send to your staff if you somebody who advocates on behalf of the staff is fired, you know, why would anybody then want to work for you? Yeah. You know, at, at some point, at, at some point you have to, uh, you have to remember that your employees are human beings. Really? <laughs> do you have to, do you really? <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah. You know, and I think that, yeah, it's real easy to become very cold and just say, well, we're making business decisions, and you forget that that, that impacts people's real lives, you know, that they go home to kids and they go home to, to spouses and, and that, you know, they're, that the work that they do for that company is how they, you know, feed their families and pay for their homes. And, and uh, you know, I think you should never forget that when you're in the position of firing and hiring people. Um, and don't take it lightly. Doesn't mean that you can't do it. You still might have to do it, but, uh, you know, bring some humanity to that process because it's difficult for everybody. 
I mean, if you've ever been in a position where you have to fire somebody, it's it's just horrible. It's the hardest thing you have to do, you know, unless you're just a completely heartless person or that person has done something so horrific that it's like, well, that was obvious, you know. But um, but most of the time, it's just it's a tough, tough call. You know, it's it's difficult. It's never pleasant. So. Oh. Hmm. 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 <laughs> yeah. So what other news is tickling your fancy, Todd? I, I'm just kind of browsing through, um, uh, like, Newser to see if anything jumps out at me. And, and it seems like about every other topic is something to do with, with Biden or Trump or a rule got overturned or somebody said something about somebody or the, you know, Senate is doing like the Senate's getting ready. They, I guess they've all been sworn in and today they're supposed to at one o'clock Eastern time, start the impeachment trial. 45 of the Republican senators basically said we shouldn't even be having a trial that we don't believe that it's, it's um, uh, constitutional given that he's not in office anymore. And the purpose of the impeachment is to remove him from office. Um, there have been instances of some um, federal judges who have been uh, well. Interestingly, they didn't they they completed impeachment, and in the case that was that I was reading, that everybody keeps pointing at, basically it was uh, he he was his his term expired the day of the vote, so they had already had the trial and everything, but they went ahead and had the trial, and then they had the vote, and they impeached him after the fact. Or I, I, they convicted him on the impeachment after he had, had left office, um, you know. And so there is evidence or, or or precedent for doing that. And essentially, it's just to block that person from taking public office again. So, um, you know, so the Democrats are moving forward. A lot of the Republicans are going, eh, I don't know. Apparently, 55 votes voted to go ahead with the trial. And they need 60 to convict, which means that, you know, assuming that the five Republicans that said go ahead with the trial stay that way. They got to get another five to agree to convict. So we'll see what happens. I doubt that it's going to happen based on those numbers. You have any yeah, thoughts? Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen either. You know, and here's the thing: yeah. if 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 you can prove that he engaged in, uh, uh, I'm going to use that word, Todd, fomenting insurrection, then right. that is that criminal offense. That he can yeah. be charges can be brought by the Department of Justice and he can be tried that way. And, you know, yeah. being convicted of essentially treason, certainly I would right. imagine would put him from office. Right. Well, that. Yeah. I mean, treason and high crimes and misdemeanors are the things that you can be removed from and blocked from take holding office for. Right. So. So um, theoretically, they would you know, if they can prove that they should be able to convict in uh, in this and and then again in a criminal trial um if they actually have that proof but if they are going to go on you know innuendo and presumptions of meanings of words in you know that aren't clear yeah good luck we'll see i don't know what they have i don't yeah, know what they got I, so we'll see i, don't, I we'll guess see. that's why we have the trial right so we see see what proof they have See what proof they really have. I don't know. They they put it together so quickly. I don't know if there's been a lot of information gathering other than, you know, here's the the video of a speech he gave, and was that sufficient to say, you know, he didn't say, okay, I'm done talking. You guys march down the block and tear up the building and break in, and if you can get somebody, then hurt them. He didn't no. say that, and no, so it's didn't. not quite, you know, it's not quite that obvious. 
So, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just happened to be flipping around, and I saw on an article a picture of a road sign in Australia. And it's a warning that kangaroos and emus may be crossing. And so all it is is just a picture of a kangaroo going one way and an emu going the other. I'm like, yeah, that's something you don't see down uh, up here. See that one <laughs> down under. Else. Yeah. Nothing down else. under. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that nowhere else on earth will you see anything like that. Now, you might see something similar in Africa in the the silhouette of the emu looks very similar to a silhouette of an ostrich. But you're not going to see a kangaroo there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Road signs. Road signs I'll never see. Well, maybe someday. Maybe. So maybe I'll get to go see Australia. Food. Food is a good thing. So like apparently food. this pandemic is revealing racial gaps in school meal access. So um, um, I think that in California, and maybe I'm wrong, but in California, most of the districts are, are doing a good job of getting food to families. But, um, you know, maybe maybe I have a misconception. So um, mm -hmm. this is an eater, but it was originally published on Civil Eats uh, it's by Lisa Held um, uh, as an attorney working on school desegregation cases in the South. Uh, Gayda Jones Herbert is intimately familiar with inequalities and dis discrimination that black families face on a regular basis. And when school began shutting down in-person instruction last March due to the pandemic, she heard uh, from many of her clients. Um, they say that, that we know this pandem pandemic is going to have a huge impact on the lives of our clients and students across the country. Now, um, we, as we are assessing the closures of things that we're really looking at are access to distance learning and food and nutrition. So, um, uh, in some neighborhoods, children in the neighborhood would have to walk two hours each way to pick up their breakfast and lunch, which is crazy. So out in the rural southern areas. Um, Do they have to walk two hours each way to go to and from school? There's no buses or anything? I mean, if there's buses, they should be doing deliveries. I agree. There are, apparently there are some districts that are going that are going that are doing deliveries, but that is. Um, uh, many districts apparently started going broke in that process as they were having the school buses deliver the meals. Uh, and others faced COVID outbreak, outbreaks. In, some, in response, some districts limited pickup site operation to just a few hours a week, and others stopped serving meals altogether. Um, now, Herbert and her team argued that several districts that ceased meal service were, viola were violating civil rights laws because such a high proportion of students eating the substitute, uh, subsidized meals were black. Even in places where meals were offered, limitations like site location and pickup times prevented many black families from accessing them. And these are, this is the deep South. This is Louisiana and Alabama. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that's scary because the kids, you know, I know in this area, uh, and of course we're not in the deep South, but there are many, many, many kids where that's when they eat is at school. They get to school, they have a breakfast in the morning, they have a lunch um, in the afternoon, and mm -hmm. some districts will send food home over the weekends, like backpacks full of food for the, um, uh, so, so the kids have something to eat over the weekend. Not all districts do that. Right. You know, if, there, if the food service completely stopped, you know, these kids would have nothing to eat. Yep. 
Yeah, no, it's. I don't think people realize that that schools are are for um, for a lot of kids. That's their primary source of nutrition and and, and food. And so, um, to you know, the the stay at home thing is disrupting that in a big way. And if the school districts are don't have funds to distribute the food. Yeah, I'm not sure what the solution is there. I think that's the kind of thing where the state government and or the federal government used to step in and say we need to provide some funds and or means to to get that food distributed. They need to get it to yeah. the people, you know, and you can't have kids walking two miles, uh, you know, each way to go pick up food, um, you know. And, and I also understand it's like, okay, well, it's at the school. You can pick it up between like 9 and noon every day. And, like, parents are like, but I work. Um I can't get there between nine and noon. What, what do you want me to yep. do? You know, yep. um, yep. you know, so, I can't not go to work cause I still have to pay rent, you know? So it's like, you know, that you put parents in a lose, lose situation. What do you expect them to do? Yeah. That's, so that's December, terrible. It is terrible. It is awful. In December, the urban Institute reported that 40% of black families with school age children were food insecure in September um, compared to 15% of white families. Meanwhile, no, nearly two-thirds of all families reported that their children were not receiving meals from schools. Um, these data suggest that a significant portion of vulnerable children may not be benefiting from school-based nutrition resources amid the shifting mix of virtual and hybrid instruction. Yeah. You know, honestly, that that's a bigger concern to me than the fact that they're probably not, in a lot of cases, getting as good of instruction as they would if they were sitting in a classroom. Because, you know, eventually that will become uh, less of an issue as as people get back to more normal living conditions, you know, with vaccines and such. But but the fact that, you know, there's kids that are sitting hungry because they can't get to the food, you know, that's just a logistics issue. I mean, yeah. Shoot, talk to Amazon. Have them step up. Amazon will help. Exactly. You know, you know, they got the trucks driving. Thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's, we have resources in this country. Be creative, people. Yeah. Now's the time to make a, a uh, you know, a corporate government, you know, work together deal and say, hey, yeah. you know, Amazon already stepped up and said, hey, we'll help do some deliveries for vaccines. We've got all this infrastructure and we can do that. And and they do it better than most, which is the backbone of why they've been so successful. Um, but, you know, they could do so. I mean, yeah, vaccines are important, but eating is more important. <laughs> you yes. know, there's a hierarchy of needs here. As Abraham yeah. Maslow told us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Feed the children. I believe and that children are our Sally future. Struthers. Sally Struthers. The, yeah. Isn't that the name of the, she used to do those ads at three o'clock yeah. in the morning of yeah. starving yeah, she would, wherever? Yeah, I, those are the commercials that I'd turn off because they'd show starving children. It's like, I get it. I want to help, but there's no way I'm watching those pictures. You know, it's like the pictures yeah. when they put up from the ASPCA and there's these these poor animals that are starving and some of them are injured. And it's like, I, I'm not no, I'm not watching that. Don't yeah. put that up while I'm watching, you know, my stupid, vapid show. I don't, you know, I don't want to be, that's not what I want to think about right now. I'm happy to help in any way I can, but don't show me those pictures. You know, children suffering and animals suffering. I don't want it. Don't want it. So, no, I, I started doing the, um, I think it's Whitney Houston lyrics, right? I believe that children are our future. Oh, yes. 
Yes. So, which it's it's a cheesy song, but but the lyrics are actually very poignant in that you know you got to take care of kids. You know, I mean, as a society, we need to take care of kids. You know, it's not just on mom and dad, and and if we've got food for them, and the problem is we can't get the food to them. Shoot, neighbors, if you got a car, go volunteer to pick up food and deliver it. Yeah. People pitch in. People will pitch in if you ask, you know. I bet, I bet if the if the school district just just talked to some of the churches in the area, they would go, "Okay, we got people who can who who can deliver food." You know, we got some we got some retirees who are doing nothing else. They'll they'll take a walk and go drop off some lunches. You know. Um there's there's all kinds of solutions, whether it's you know throw throw a bunch of breakfast or lunch packages in the back of a car, or whether it's you know go grab a couple sacks and and, and walk with them to somebody's house and drop them off for them. People are willing to help if you ask. You just need to let people know. Um, so it's true. It's yeah. true. Nobody's gonna go. There's kids hungry. Oh well, tough. Yeah. Too What's bad. on the? So sad. That's it. Yeah, what's on CNN right now? You know, that's, that's 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 not how most people are going to react. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of bozos out there who do something for a laugh, like me. But you know, but but uh, you know, I and others would, and, and the, you know, I think though most people would be willing to say, yeah, let me pitch in, let me help, let me figure out how to help. What can I do? You know, there are things that that uh, are not even really even out of the way for some people, you know? It's just like, oh, well, if somebody had told me, yeah, sure, I could pick that up and drop it off at so-and-so's house on the way. You know, I go there every day. I'll pick up a package every morning, drop it off. Kid gets to eat. Yep. Voila! Problem so, solved. Yeah. So schools, if you have issues distributing food, get the word out there. Talk to the to the, to the the churches in your area and let everybody know. And, and then people, step up. Help out. Lend a hand, make a friend, drop off some food. <laughs> Problem solved. Next. Problem solved. <laughs> if only, right? If only. So um, today, Biden is to sign major executive orders on climate change. Apparently, Joe Biden's going to wave a magic face mask and fix climate Oh, there you go. What's he going to oh, do? I go. know that it, uh, his war on, on fossil fuels continues. So, yes. you know, is he going to make it more expensive to pump gas? First first sentence is, yes, he will sign several executive orders to tackle climate change and transition the country to a clean energy economy. Okay. So, yes. So, Let's here's see. the thing. I, I am so tired. The president is not a king. Congress should be doing this. Stop with the executive orders. Make Congress do what a Congress was was elected to do. This is driving me crazy. Yeah. The president plans to deliver remarks and sign orders at 1.30 p.m. His special climate envoy John Kerry and national climate advisor Gina McCarthy are set to brief reporters on the administration's plans. So, uh, what's that, 10.30 our time? So, 10.30 our time, he will... They will announce the plan. Yeah, it's funny. Did you? I don't know if you read it. Did you read that? That like the the first like ten days or first you know, I don't know month or whatever designated period of time. He set aside like each day is like a day like this is climate day, 
First one, first day was COVID day. Second day was economy day. Now he's on to climate day. And so he's like, he's, he's literally like focusing on stuff around one topic each day for the first few days. Huh. I huh. Guess well, that's one way of that, controlling the news cycle. Yeah. Well, and I think maybe that, that, you know, maybe that's the type of organization that works for his brain. You know, everybody has different ways of organizing what they're doing and their thoughts and stuff. And so if, if he just says, okay, here's the topic for today. What are the things we're going to do around this topic that we can, you know, think we can have an effect with? Okay. Ready? Go around the room. <laughs> it's like, well, um, we could put balloons up in the air with pure oxygen, and when they pop, then there's more oxygen in the air, and everybody can breathe better. I'm like, okay, <laughs> next. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. You know, I could just see them in the, the brainstorming, right? Okay, there's no bad ideas. We're brainstorming here. We just write it up on the board. That's my Joe Biden, apparently. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't sound anything like that. No, he doesn't. In fact, that sounded sort of like a, a, a sick parrot. I, all I had to do was throw it yeah. at the end of it, and it would have been fine. <laughs> we'll throw everything up on the board. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where that voice came from. But, um, yeah, anyway, so we are on to climate today. So we'll see. Uh, I guess tomorrow we can we can review what he had to say and... and uh, if there's anything worth commenting on, we'll talk about it then. So uh, let's see. Other stuff going on in the world. Well, we are basically know. out of time, Sir Todd. We are. So why don't we wrap it up and you can get on with your life and I will get this posted out to the world so they can listen to what we had to say. So um, thanks for joining us today. This has been Back from, Back from the Brink. I'm Todd Brinker. I'm Aaron Brinker. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.